people want to buy in a low to no touch motion. You mentioned Atlassian and Slack and um, a lot of folks we were survey 67% of buyers don't want to talk to salespeople. Um, they just want, they want to go, they want to experience a product for themselves and they want to be able to make the decision on their own. And so it's becoming incumbent on, um, on businesses to be offering that to their customers and uh, do it in a way where they're, where they're equipping them with uh, sufficient information to learn and adopt their product so that they, um, they, they can make a decision whether to purchase or not. Hey everybody, George Soto here and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Ian Adams, who's VP of Sales and Marketing at Yesware. For folks out there who are not familiar with Yesware, Yesware really pioneered the sales tech space, particularly product-led growth motions, right? You could sign up to Yesware, install it to your Gmail instance and start to track emails and templates and those sort of things. And Ian, I got to say, like, I can't think of a product that existed before Yesware that really sort of at all for that particular use case, number one, for the sales use case. And then it really did it the way you folks did it. How are you, my friend? It's been a while. I'm, I'm good. It's really good to see you. It was nice to be able to catch up a little bit before we started here. Um, yeah. I, when I joined, so, I, you know, I'm out in Boston now, but uh, seven years ago, I was uh, in San Francisco with you. We were having a good time. You sales for startups. I was running Senator Club, both these clubs and, and blogs that were intended to um, sort of build the, the tech sales community out yeah. there. And um and so, as you were saying, you introduced me to Bridget Gleason, who was VP of Sales at the time at Yesware, which is a you know Boston-based company, but they had an office out in San Francisco. And at the time, we were the company was a little over thirty employees, um, and I was the the third person to join the sales team out there. Um, and I, just for those reasons that you said, it was early in the sort of product-led era. Um, but it got me excited. I was excited about the product. Um, I was excited about the market, big market opportunity. And, uh, you know, I really love the people uh, that I was working with out there. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. It's been quite a journey. A, a lot has happened since we, uh, we were hanging out in San Francisco. Together. Yeah, a lot has happened. I mean, you see folks like Sales Loft now that's entered the space, Outreach, and those folks, and um, you know, they took. A, it feels like they took a different approach to the market. Mm -hmm. You guys were always product led. You were always in, you know, in Gmail. And I know that the the, the roadmap was quickly evolving in different ways. And now look, now the space is like, you know, massive, right? And I remember sitting there trying to talk to VCs. This was probably uh, late 2010. Or early 2011, and I vividly remember a meeting at, I won't say the venture fund's name, down there in uh, Palo Alto on Sand Hill, and they were like, inside sales tech? Like, you know, we weren't calling it sales development or mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. now. 
And uh, they're like, mm, Marketo, Silver Pop, you know, HubSpot, all these, they all do all these things. I'm like, no, there's a role within the sales team, you know, that uh, that's different. There's a workflow. So, you know, I was trying to raise for my thing, feed gen at the time. But mm. uh, so, you know, it's, it's definitely changed and kudos to you because, you know, Yesware really also pioneered, I think, the the motions right like the sales motions that align with going bottoms up which now everyone talks about slack and how they did it and of course Alassian, you know did it really i think well you know if they were they were targeting a different user too people forget Alassian was just doing you know products for uh, for engineers right for developers so it was quite a different kind of sales motion or experience because these folks as you know well uh generally didn't like to talk to salespeople. now it seems like you know it's a different you know sort of model where, and i think that part of the consumerization of um you know of the enterprise now that's been happening that, that we've seen happening for a while now it's finally caught up mm-hmm. and now you know a lot of people will want to just get into that free trial or get the demo before they talk to a salesperson how are you folks sort of taking those free trials because you still have i think a lot of those same entry points into the sales cycle or the product mm-hmm. user journey and then working those trials and then converting them into meaningful opportunities because one of the things that i hear and i experience myself is you know a lot of that stuff you come in and it's not ready or maybe it's unqualified mm-hmm. yeah um first off i, I think it's a good description of um it's what's happening in the uh uh, in the enterprise sales space, um, or at least for you know enterprise sales software, um, and I think it's fantastic. I think if people uh, you know people want to buy in a low to no touch motion, you mentioned Atlassian and Slack, and um, a lot of folks we were serving, sixty seven percent of buyers don't want to talk to salespeople. Um, they just want they want to go, they want to experience a product for themselves, and they want to be able to make the decision on their own. And so it's becoming incumbent on, um, on businesses to be offering that to their customers and uh, do it in a way where they're, where they're equipping them with uh, sufficient information to learn and adopt their product so that they, um, they, they can make a decision whether to purchase or not. Um, the two you mentioned, Outreach and Salesoft, those guys have done a phenomenal job building big, complex platforms that um, support large, sophisticated teams, and they went up market, um, and and we did too. Uh, uh, we made an attempt at going up market, although I, we you know, we just didn't execute as well from a product perspective in supporting that use case. When you go up market, there are a lot of demands on you for um, added governance, security, uh, customizations, and uh, we weren't equipped to do that. Um, so we've, we focused on the product-led model, we focused on the SMB market, and we focused on delivering really 80% of the functionality that a sales rep, a full cycle sales rep, an account executive, what they need to do their day-to-day job really effectively. And, um, and that's served us well over the last uh, really two years, but it's been a, a sort of shift in our focus. Um, so to answer your question, how do we handle the, um, the, the trial starts that come through? Um, we categorize those as product qualified leads. So our mm-hmm. two primary sources of leads are um, 
inbound sales ads. People raise their hand and say, I want to talk to you about buying Yesware for my team. And the other are product qualified leads. Um, when we first started out, we had product qualified leads. They weren't called that when, when I first joined. Yeah, I'm hearing that term now. So I'm excited they were, to hear They it were just me. trial starts, right? And we had a lot of trial starts. We still have a lot of trial starts. Um, but it was the Wild West. We just routed any trial start that came through that would get sent to a sales rep. And so you'd have this long list of people that had started a trial. Um, but that does not mean that that is worth the investment of a sales rep taking any action against them. Um, and so there was a lot of time wasted on folks that didn't want to talk to you, that didn't need any assistance, didn't have any intent on, on upgrading, didn't have the right use case. Um, so over a period of time, we actually tried a more sophisticated approach with lead scoring. Um, you may be familiar with a company called Lattice Engines. Mm -hmm. We, we actually deployed uh, their solution and it did a lot of work to get that up and running. Um, we were using, I want to say it was like uh, 300 different behavioral attributes paired with another uh, uh, 30 firmographic attributes. And we, we would put that together. The trial starts would come in, they would go through this machine and we would get spit out to, uh, to the sales rep. We've... We just, we, we, we track the conversion rates of these and we just did not see the results. We were converting one, 2% of them from the top mm. of the funnel, right? So you think about if, if you're a rep and you get a hundred of these leads over the course of a month and you only convert one of those into a real deal, that's a lot of work to get to that one deal. Mm. Um, so we, we rolled it back and we did, we took, we've taken a more simplistic approach um, which is looking at department. So when you fill out, when you go through the trial process, you fill out your department and your role. And so we can, in, we can see if you're in the sales department and then we can see, are you an individual contributor, an account executive, a BDR, an STR, or are you in sales leadership? Are you a sales manager? Are you a VP of sales? Um, and so we use that to prioritize the routing of the leads paired with the company and geo information. Um, so you send it to the right territory. And we've had much more success because now you're spending time um, with the people that are um, the, the decision makers in the buying process. Um, and so what we do is we take the, the PQLs that are with decision makers and we write those directly to the sales reps to help them um, uncover opportunities for them to learn about the product and how they can leverage it for their team. And then for the individual reps, uh, we'll send those to the, the business development rep uh, to uh, nurture them and help them be successful in their day-to-day -day job, um, understand the, the org structure and the team dynamics. And then when the time is right, if there is an opportunity to work with the broader team, they will make the introduction to the account executive. And are you doing any sort of analysis around total opportunity value based on the account that that user uh, is tied to, to kind of sort of further qualify it? That's interesting. Um, we do. It is done at, um, at the at manual um, sort of level there with the business development reps um, where you can get a sense of 
especially with the, the data now on LinkedIn, we, we just we can look at LinkedIn, we can see how many employees are at the company, and then how many of those folks are in a customer facing role. Mm. Now, our core audience are sales professionals, so sales teams, but um, we've had a lot of success with the customer success teams, in-house recruiting teams, um, real estate. So, you know, there's, there's opportunity outside of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, the primary focus is we'll look at the, the sales org and the structure and the headcount at that company. And, and how do you know it's time to now like present the demo, especially if you have this PQL that comes in and they've sort of, you know, kicked the tires on the product. Maybe they used it uh, to an extent. Do you still provide a demo or, you know, how do you sort of calibrate that? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say there are two types of demos. One is the the end user demo. The end user demos with a sales professional, business development rep, maybe on the phone with them, and they will walk them through best practices. It's more of teaching you how to get the most value out of the product based on their workflow. And that may look very different from a um, high velocity sales model, rep in a, in a high velocity sales model that maybe is a a one call close or one week close versus an enterprise sales rep that is doing, you know, six figure or seven figure deals with a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. Um, but you get on the phone with them, you can get an understanding based on uh, their website and what they sell and ask the right questions to understand um, what their, uh, what their sales process is and then highlight things that other comparable reps are doing to be successful. So that's the user call, right? And I think any product-led business can uh, can take that approach and have a lot of success for it. And I've seen some podcasts, um, um, you know, with with leaders from other product-led companies taking a similar approach. And so I, I think that's effective from the user standpoint. From the um, from the decision maker leadership perspective. Um, I don't know. I'm not so sure it's too early to provide a demo with decision makers. And the reason that I say that is because um, uh, folks, we want to build relationships with folks that are in leadership positions at companies that we want to work with. And so if they want to see a demo now or they want to see a demo in three months, we, we um, uh, sort of allow them to buy in the way that they want to buy. If they want to, you know, I mean, we're not forcing a sales process on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're enabling them to gather the information that they need to make a decision. Um, and so uh, typically the demo will be will occur when the rep has had a conversation with the decision maker. They've indicated a timeline there. And sometimes the timeline is, well, we're we're not uh, we're we're in a contract that runs for another nine months. Um, okay, so we may not be able to sign a contract now. Maybe there's an opportunity to buy them out of their contract. Um, but why, why say, no, you can't have a demo right now. You have to wait six months until you fit within my three-month sales cycle that I'm trying to hit here or two-month sales cycle. So you have to wait to have a demo. We want to show them right now and then nurture that relationship between now and then. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes, you know, you can, you can sort of accelerate that if you really knock it out of the park uh, with a good demo and, you know, and especially if the product's beautiful, you know, there are certain times where they can really get fired up emotionally and say, 
you know, I'm a decision maker. Let me see if I can move a couple things around. Speaking of demos, of course, we love demos here at Reprise. When do you know that, you know, your reps are following the training and doing good demos? And when do you know that maybe they're not? And how do you sort of track that within the CRM or, or maybe your sales engagement tools? Um, yeah, I, I think there's um, a lot of great technology out there to do this. Um, yeah, we, don't, we don't use that technology in-house, uh, like a chorus or a gong, um, but there's a lot of great technology out there that will enable you to monitor whether people are adhering to the demo process. We have call recordings. We mm-hmm. go in on a weekly basis. We listen to calls, select calls, and we, uh, we coach them based on how those calls went. And we listen to them and we go through them together and we identify um, areas where we could have done it better. Maybe we could have asked a, a better question, an open-ended question versus a closed-ended question. Maybe you could have um, conveyed value more effectively. Maybe you could have uh, shared a, a customer story at a certain point. Um, maybe you should have just not talked as much and let the, the customer speak a little bit more, <laughs> listen to them and, and asked a, um, a clarifying question or a, a drill down deeper in a particular area. And so you identify these things on calls, whether it's through just a simple call recording or through some more sophisticated technology. Now, when you think about sort of the demos that the BDR is doing versus the AE versus like an SE, uh, for example, and then particularly if you have a veteran sales uh, you know, rep, are you seeing sort of like distinctions between their demos and the areas that they need to work on? I mean, if you've been like, for example, you know, you've been in this game for a long time. If you had a manager who was now digging in and let's say you were holding or carrying a bag at this, at this point and working a pipeline, uh, you know, like your, are your issues going to be different? versus someone who's junior? And if so, like, what are some of those details? Um, yeah, ho- hopefully we've got different issues than, than a, a junior sales professional just starting out. Um, I, I think demoing is a real, it's a real art. There's science to it um, because you can, you can measure the effectiveness of it and you can measure the engagement of the customer with the sales rep. But there's a real art to it because um, it, they're people-based skills. Um, a lot of what makes, in my eyes, a successful demo is you've asked the right questions up front to understand the person who's on the other end of the line. And that can get a bit more complex when you're doing a, a commercial or enterprise sale because there are more stakeholders in the room. And so you may have, it's not just a one-on-one anymore, but you have multiple stakeholders in the room. And so how do you address all their needs at the same time? Um, so different challenges uh, between a junior rep and a more senior rep. That's that's an example of one where as you move up market, you have different challenges based on the, the sort of nature of the deals. Mm. Um, I do think that it's very, um, uh, it's a common pitfall that folks just starting out giving demos, they talk the whole time. Mm. And it really is, you said it many times, um, there's lots of research on this. It really should be a conversation. You should not be talking the majority of the time. You got to let the customer get involved and, and engage in the demo, right? If they, if you were to talk the whole time, 
you might as well send them a recording. <laughs> yeah. Right? Totally. And save yourself totally. the time. Um, uh, so I th- I'm not sure if that answered your question, but hopefully we got close. Yeah, I think so. I think what I hear is that, you know, you have your, your junior reps that are doing a 30-minute call and then doing the demo for 25 minutes or 27 minutes and then leaving the last couple minutes to sort of rush and and are not really making it more of a conversation that is supported by the product demo. And the other thing that I've been hearing a lot from the market is this hybrid where it's like, okay, you know, we're in this product led world. People want to see the product, but we still got to do discovery. Right. And so what about this idea of like, being able to train reps now to integrate the product around the discovery mm. framework as well. And especially early on in the process, giving kind of micro demos or Harbor tours. Mm-hmm. And then as we move further down the sales cycle, then we can give more robust, elaborate demos that are generally informed or created by the senior AEs or SEs, for example. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I've been hearing. Well, Ian, I know uh, we got to run here in a second. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but if you were to think about one tip to give sales leaders out there uh, around improving their demo, one actionable tip that they can start to apply tomorrow, what would that tip be? Um, I'll provide... I'm going to provide two. One's a book recommendation, but I'll provide an actual tip here. Um, the first is, I think it's very important to set an agenda at the beginning of the call so everybody knows what they're getting into and you agree on that agenda. Um, but then uh, you ask them, what would you like to get out of this call today? Actually ask them, what's most important to you? And then when they tell you what's most important, don't spend the whole half an hour talking about other things outside of what's most important. I, I, we were looking to gather survey data on visitors to our website. We wanted to interview visitors to our website and find out why they didn't convert to start a trial. So we were looking for vendors to do this work. It's amazing when you're on the receiving end, you're going through the buying process. I told them exactly what we wanted and I could not get an answer. I was on the demo. I could not get an answer. I was getting walked through this pitch deck. And um, I, I try, you know, I, I think I'm a respectful person. I try to be very kind because I have you a are. empathy. You are a respectful person. For, for sales professionals. But I had to end the call. It was no, it was no longer a good use of my time because <laughs> I, I kept asking multiple times, this is what I care about. How, how can you guys help me do that? So I would just say, if somebody tells you what's most important to them, Go talk about that. Don't just go back to your standard script and running them through the whole solution. Talk about what they care about most. Hook them with that. And then you can work to expand the opportunity with other value adds with your product and open their eyes to, well, you talked about this, but what if we could do all these things for you? And what would the impact of that be for you and your business? Um, I think that really makes a compelling demo. So that's the first thing. Second thing, um, is uh, I, the book that I recommend for demos uh, is a book called Dem- Demonstrating to Win. Demonstrating to Win. I'll send you the link. Um, I found it very valuable uh, for how I demo and how I, I train the team to demo, but um, uh, I'll send that over to you. They have a tell, show, tell philosophy 
so I'll I'll send that over to you. But yeah, it's been it's been great great to see you. You and I could catch up Absolutely. for yeah, for I know a long for, period after this for days for sure. Yeah. Well, we should uh, next time you're in the Miami area, do let me know, and we should definitely catch up. And when I'm up in Boston, most of our team. Or, or I would say a, a huge chunk of our team are former Inside Squared folks, HubSpot right? folks. Yeah, oh, for sure. Tons, tons of folks. So, uh, you know, got a huge Boston contingency. I don't know if, uh, you know, if we're going to be in person anytime soon or if that's something we're ever going to do again. You know, I, I suppose companies are going to roll out like areas where employees can congregate and you can have, you know, all hands meetings or important meetings in person. I'm certainly enjoying being, you know, working from home. Uh, but I do enjoy as well, like seeing people in person and, you know, giving some hugs and stuff. So hopefully we get there. Well, I would love that. I'm, I will probably have my vaccine shot by the end of this month. I plan to go back into the office twice a week, starting next month. If you're up in Boston, you let me know, we'll go get drinks at the bark and crab and have a good time this summer. Perfect. Sounds great. Sounds like a plan, my friend. Ian, great to see you and uh, have a great day. Oh, by the way, folks, follow Ian on LinkedIn. He shares a ton of great content. He's been in the game. He's the real freaking deal. And uh, yeah, highly recommend connecting with Ian. And if you're looking for a tool to, to help you with sales engagement and uh, you know tracking emails and really you know powering your sales motion, you should check out Yesware. I appreciate that. Good to Absolutely. see you. Absolutely. Have a great day.